I love playing the game of disc golf. What I hate is waking up the next day, feeling that soreness in my muscles, in my body, my arms, my shoulders, my legs. And what I typically do is I wake up, I hammer down a few ibuprofen or Tylenol, and I go ahead and move on with my day. What I didn't realize was how bad that was for my body as well. Throwing a disc is very strenuous on your body, whether you realize it or not. What it does is it causes micro tears in muscles, which then become inflamed, and that's where any post-workout or post-round soreness comes from. That's why you need to check out our friends at Wonderkind. Wonderkind with a U. All natural CBD products. They're located right here in the United States, and they're always shipping for free. All of their products are 100% legal in all 50 states lab tested to make sure that you're getting the highest quality CBD product to help you recover from your round out on the course. The CBD products all have an anti-inflammatory property, which is amazing for muscle recovery and pain reduction after a round. Guys, check out Wonderkind. Again, that's W-U-N-D-E-R-K-I-N-D. You can follow them on Instagram at Wonderkind Extracts. And you can visit their website at wonderkindextracts.com and select from any of their amazing CBD products and use code RUNIT15 at checkout to save 15% off. Again, that's RUNIT15 at wonderkindextracts.com. Tired of putting down those ibuprofen and those Tylenol, eating up your stomach and attacking your liver? Well, give an all-natural CBD product a shot and see how much better you feel after your round. Again, that's wonderkindextracts.com, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Casey Smith of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you're listening to Running It with Nate Sexton. Running It with Nate Sexton is brought to you in part by Innova Champion Discs, the choice of champions. Hey, guys. I'm super excited to announce that Running It with Nate Sexton is going to have our first official apparel lineup and it's going to be available only at viiapparel.co. You guys might know VII as formerly being the Savage Apparel Company. They are the official partner of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Of course, VII is also the official jersey partner of Nate Sexton and all the guys over at Jomez Pro. They also have jersey lineups from amazing disc golfers like Chris Dickerson, Avery Jenkins, Madison Walker, and so much more. So excited to be teamed up with VII. They're going to be making those Green Line fabric shirts for us. Now, the Green Line fabric is 100% recycled from plastic bottles. It's a UPF 50 plus for sun protection, and they use that antimicrobial fiber to make sure to keep you smelling fresh and prevent that sweating. And it's all made right here in the USA. I've gotten your emails and messages. You guys have been asking for running it with Nate Sexton merchandise, and now it's going to be available thanks to our friends at viiapparel.co. Make sure you check that out. Keep an eye out on our social media. Follow VII Apparel for updates on when this Running It With Nate Sexton merchandise is going to be available. And in the meantime, check out their lines from some of those other amazing disc golfers like Jomez Pro, like Nate Sexton, uh, and Chris Dickerson, Avery Jenkins, everyone that I've mentioned. Uh, just some amazing disc golf apparel over at VII. And uh, coming soon is Running It With Nate Sexton's own apparel line at viiapparel.co.
Hey, Disc Golf fans. Welcome back to another episode of Running It with Nate Sexton. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. He is the Innova Team Captain and our host, Mr. Nate Sexton. Nate, how you doing today, man? As good as ever. It's another good day, another sunny day. Happy to be here. Lots of uh, lots of news going on in the in the disc golf world and on Nate Sexton's front. Nate, we've seen your name on discs and T-shirts, and talk to me about this Nate Sexton shoe I'm seeing, man. Yeah, I mean that's it's been a fun project. It's not guaranteed. Where it's all uh, hinges on the uh, the Kickstarter success. If we'll see the the Nate Sexton color, though, I think even if it doesn't work out, there's a possibility in the future that we'll collaborate. But Craig's a cool guy. Um, Idio Sports is the company name. Um, he talked to me first about three years ago about creating a disc golf shoe, and I was like, "Sure, man, I'm I'm down to test it and help you and give feedback." And that's kind of where it where it went. And we got some prototypes going. I tried them; they were nice. And yeah, then they flew me down to LA last week to film a commercial, which went pretty well, and uh, it came out cool. So I'm excited. I think the the Kickstarter looks to be going well, so I'm happy for Craig and. And I hope people really like the shoes when they do come. I think it's a it's a couple months out because they got to do all the production and everything. But that'll be perfect for a waterproof shoe. You don't want a waterproof shoe in the middle of summer. It's going to be perfect later this fall when they do finally show up. So, like Michael Jordan has his own shoe, and now Nate Sexton. I mean, I know we saw a few months ago they got that first one out to you. It had your logo on it. But how crazy is it that disc golf has gotten to the point where you're going to have your own shoe? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. I think it, uh, you know, every any sport that, that gets a dedicated shoe, it makes sense that there's going to be endorsements, you know, of the, the people that, that play the sport at a high level. So I'm honored to get that chance. And yeah, I hope it works out. I hope we get uh, the backing that, that Craig's looking for to make that color possible. And, uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to working with them on future designs and getting the non-waterproof one ready for next summer and all that stuff. All right, so pre-Idio Sports, what was your preferred style of shoe for disc golf? Did it did it matter on the course, or were you just like a sneakers guy? Were you the hiking sneaker guy? What what'd you like to wear out there? Yeah, I'd say probably more on, more on that hiking sneaker, like trail runners. I've been doing the Adidas for quite a while. I also have a pair of Merrells that I like. Uh, I, I tend to have like a bunch of shoes in the rotation at any one time, so I'm not... Uh, like wearing right through them right away because you know out on the pro tour we got to like match our outfits and stuff it's a big headache but you got to have some shoes for every occasion so i I definitely have a lot going uh i'm not too picky to be honest but uh i I, it's been kind of that kind of uh trail runner the big difference with those new ones is that they're what's called zero drop so they don't have like a high heel uh, because what that's for apparently is for like propelling you forward. So like in a running shoe, you want that higher heel because you're like kind of moving downhill or whatever. You have your your feet are in a good position to be going forward. Where disc golf isn't really about going forward. So more about contact with the ground and being able to have that clean pivot and a nice tough shoe. So they're a little bit lower in the back. Not that it really feels all that different. It's just a uh, one feature that's a little different than the the trail runners I'm used to wearing. Yeah, I've always just been a sneakers guy, but I'm thinking I need to get on these on these trail shoes I see everybody wearing. And I'm pretty sure that it's a prerequisite, whether it's Oregon or Washington. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, you have to have a pair of Merrells in 
the closet. Like, yeah, uh, that's I, that's probably pretty important. Yeah, we definitely with some time. We used to all wear Solomons back in the day. Uh, you definitely need a waterproof shoe living up here if you want to play uh, through the fall and winter. Uh, and they're really good. Waterproof shoes are so good these days that you can just play the whole day and, and not even really have wet socks, which is so awesome. Yeah, that's that's pretty clutch. Now, are you feeling the uh, the Seattle Kraken vibe up there? Uh, it's the NHL draft is going on right now. Seattle had their expansion draft. I know you're not in Seattle, but is it is it Kraken fever in your area right now? Look, man, I know a hockey player. It's uh, Casey DeSmith, and that's where that's where my list starts and ends. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No, actually, I, I know a few more hockey players. That's about it. But no, I, I do not know anything about hockey. Nothing has changed on that front. I know that Casey plays for the Penguins. I know that he plays goalie. I know that there are some other famous players in the world that I might be able to name. I know about 10 teams. I don't have a grasp of the rules. I know that the Kraken exist. Or will exist. I know they get to like steal a player from other teams or something. Yeah, they did that. The expansion draft. It it happened. It's, okay, uh, so they did their yeah. stealing. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I see a lot of the shirts. I think I mentioned that before. That they, there we go. I see them around. So yeah. there people. Some people have the fever. It has not spread to me. I do not have Kraken fever at this point. My dad told me today that he attempted to purchase a Seattle Kraken hat and that they were told that just out of stock online, just just can't get one. And so the first thing I told him is don't even start because we're a Buffalo Sabres family. I don't want to hear this Seattle Kraken talk anymore, but um, that's a, that's a whole different thing. So yeah, no, no supply uh, available for the, for the Kraken merchandise. So I figured it's, it's gotta be pretty big up there. Yeah. The fever Um, must be, fever must be going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nate, we've, uh, I've decided to go ahead and hit the emails and the messages because I've just been getting bombarded with them over the last few weeks. Um, and we're going to take a, a break from guests for a week here. And we're just going to answer some of these fan questions from people that have reached out to you. I don't really like to throw them in when we have guests. I like to use the fan questions that are more geared towards that guest. Um, so we've got a, a pretty good chunk of, uh, of Nate Sexton questions here. And I said, we gotta, we gotta knock these out. So let's do it. So that's what we're doing. So today, guys, is another very special Ask Nate Anything with all of the questions and emails that have been come pouring in. Nate, are you ready to hear some of this craziness? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to people for interacting and, and sending in the questions. I'm always happy to answer them. This is actually kind of a fun question. Um, this came from James off of Instagram. Asked a few weeks ago, um, we heard you talk about some of the discs that you like to carry in your bag, Nate. James says he is a recreation player. Um, he's been playing for about two years. He's backhand dominant, right hand, and his max strength is about 350. If you were to build a bag or to say there's a few discs that he has to have in there for his skill level as a beginner, what would you put in his bag? Oh man, 350 power. I think you're probably going to want like certainly like a Sidewinder, Mako 3. Uh, can't go wrong with a dart. Those work for everybody. Uh, putting, I feel like it doesn't matter. Whatever fits in your hand, that's fine. Uh, and I think you would probably want like a turn or a strike for your max distance type disc, something that has a little bit more turn than perhaps a destroyer. You're going to need a Sexton Firebird at 350. That's plenty of power. you got to have that meat hook to go around the corner. Uh, and, 
Yeah, maybe like a T-Bird 3, something like that. You're, you're on your way if you have those. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, and of course, you got to have that, that Sexton Firebird. I actually do have a 21 in the bag already. Um, it's, uh, it seems a little more neutral. It's not as, uh, it, I'm not getting it to be as hooky as my previous Sexton Firebirds, as we say when we're, we're out on the course. But I am bagging a 2021 and I got to say, I did, I got in on the last drop of the big germ, uh, Thunderbirds on Innova's, uh, uh, page the, at the pro shop. And I got that about a week ago and man, I'm loving that disc too. Yeah, those are sweet. And yeah, I kind of agree. When I first threw the 21, I was thinking, yeah, this is pretty overstable, but as I've been using it more, it is a little straighter, but I'm kind of loving that. I use it a lot today, uh, at the local kind of woods course. Uh, for just flat forehands. I'm not getting it to flip over at all, but I'm definitely going to get a good like 300-foot ride out of it before it starts to break. So I think I'm going to be using it at uh, my upcoming tournaments. Yeah, yeah, awesome. It's uh, Like I said, it's it's made my bag for sure, and it's something that I, I absolutely love throwing. So shout out to uh, to Jeremy, who actually hooked me up with that one. Jeremy Pry reached out to me and said, hey, I've got some uh, some 2021s. I'll sell you one at cost. I said, thank you. And uh, nice. and he got one to me, and it's, uh, it's really cool. And it's one that people on the course are like, I can't believe you're throwing that. And I'm like, man, I'm throwing it. What, we, what else would I be doing with this thing? Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. And it looks like Innova's been dropping a lot of these, and uh, it looks like there might even be more to come. I don't think they're done yet. So definitely uh, not got, done. Don't worry. Yeah, keep yeah, keep in. Guys, stay patient. Stay stay in there. There's going to be more. Yeah, the, absolutely. There's going to be more of them now. Where you're not going to be able to get a Sexton Firebird right now is our friends over at FisherDiscGolf.com. I know they like to get them just like we all do, but they do have a lot of amazing discs in stock right now. Uh, some of those discs that you'd mentioned uh, for our buddy James, he should head over to FisherDiscGolf.com. Really stacking up their uh, Innova lineup, trying to get discs in. Everybody knows how hard it is right now, but Fisher's been able to say stacked up. Um, check them out. They also, again... I know that we're an Innova Champion Discs brand here, uh, but you can hop over there and pick up that commemorative, get the pre-order in on that new commemorative James Conrad disc. Uh, they've got those uh, those ready to be up and ordered. So if you want to get a little piece of history that is available there, that's something that you throw on the wall. Of course, you then click on the Innova spot, you go in there and you pick the discs for your bag, as far as I'm concerned anyway. But uh, Fisher Disc Off doing some awesome things over there and really staying stacked up when it's hard to find a lot of discs. Fisher Disc Golf's done a great job. Of course, follow them on social media and uh, visit their disc stacks that they do. Uh, and they've also been doing some cool things lately where they've been putting out some stuff and just doing some auctions and just pulling out some really cool plastic and just letting you kind of do a live auction right there in the chat. And uh, I saw some people getting some awesome discs for amazing deals in those auctions. So make sure you're following FisherDiscGolf.com and you're following Fisher Disc Golf on social media. And Nate, just for listening to this show, everybody gets a, a little bit of an extra incentive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Use our code RUNIT10 to get 10% off your first order. Shipping's always free. Check out Fisher Disc Golf. Now, Nate, we have uh, a question that came in, and I think it was a cool one now, especially, well, not a cool one. It's unfortunate that we're talking about it, but um, your buddy Paul Yulabari had his mom's car stolen, lost a bunch of discs, um, you know, 
And somebody asked, if you've ever been in a situation where you've completely switched up your bag or lost your bag, and how how difficult is it, he says exactly, how difficult is it to switch up a bag in midseason like someone like Paul Yulabari is going to have to do? I mean, yeah, that's super unfortunate, obviously. It really stinks that that happened to him. Uh, I think he'll be fine. I think it it's it definitely takes a little bit. It's the old ones, obviously, that are tough to replace, right? It's the really flippy stuff, the one that you've been working with for a long time that you can get that really late turn out of mid-ranges and even distance drivers. But, uh, you know, most top professionals are going to have quite a few uh, discs backed up. Obviously, they're going to have the runs that they like, and they'll be able to get them. And obviously, a guy like Yuli with friends everywhere, people are going to be reaching out to him to make sure he has what he needs. It can be tricky, though. I remember traveling with Macbeth when he had his bag stolen out of the back of the truck uh, the night before the memorial. And uh, him needing to go all new discs and, and you know, get out there and, and compete with uh, none of the ones he'd practiced with. It's it's a situation you don't want to have to do, but uh, I'm, I have little doubt that, that Yuli will be fine. Uh, it's just really too bad that somebody had to... Somebody was desperate enough to uh, to go in there and steal his stuff. I feel bad for him. Yeah, it's it's absolutely horrible. But I, I don't. The disc golf community is pretty tight, and it seems like a pretty awesome group of people as a whole. I, I don't see what you're going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to put these things up for sale, and you're certainly not going to be out throwing. I mean, everybody knows what's going on. So I, you know, it's like I don't even know what you do with these things now. It's not even worth anything to you. It's a shame. Yeah, probably the person has no idea who Paul is or who what disc golf is. But you know, who knows? If he if he only knew what he was sitting on right now, wherever he is. Um, so I, I hope he gets those discs back because I know how devastating it is um, to lose a disc that just always does what you know it's going to do. I can't imagine at the pro level what it's like. Um, and that was another question that actually came into our email. It was a much longer question um, from Marcus. But the long and short of the question was uh, he wants to know if continuing to change the discs in his bag is hurting his game. Um, but he says he's too tempted every time he's at the desk store, he makes a new purchase. Is there like a limit, Nate, like stop buying discs or stop trying out new discs? Like, do you even try out new molds when Innova has them come out? Are you like, Oh yeah, let me throw that and see. Or are you just like, man, I know where I'm at. I don't need anything else in my bag. If they send them to me, I try them every time. But uh, it's pretty rare for them to bump something out uh, because I have been playing for a long time, obviously, and I'm pretty comfortable with the lineup that I carry. But I'm do- I'm totally open to throwing new stuff, especially when it flies like I or it's a flies in a surprising way, or you know it does something that I feel like nothing else is doing. As far as you know, for amateurs getting started, I think you know buying discs is pretty fun. Uh, obviously, you know, pay your rent first, <laughs> handle the stuff you got to handle. But uh, I I don't think it's a big deal to be trying new stuff a lot it's just kind of like what exactly do you want or or just think about just be be critical about it like what is it that you want to be different about the discs that you're carrying and then you can use the flight numbers and you can use reviews from other players to hopefully zero in on what exactly it is that you need to fill out your bag if there's some slot that you feel like you're missing yeah i think that's fair i and it's funny because i'm like i say that i'm not a disc collector and i'm not 
but I'm to the point now where I have like these giant stacks of discs that don't make my bag. And yet I still go into the disc shop or head on to fisherdiscoff.com. I just got a new disc from Fisher and I just bought a new pig that I had to replace. And while I was there, I bought two other discs out of the used bin and I don't even know why I'm buying them, but it's just like, I have to have them. Like, <laughs> I'm like, man, this, this destroyer is in really good shape and he wants six bucks for it in the used bin. And I'm, I'm going to carry it. Um, and it's funny because that kind of segues into another question. Uh, I, I buy what I call water discs. I play at Como Park a lot, and there's a couple huge water holes. And if it's windy, which sometimes it is, it's hit or miss for me on some of these shots. So I buy discs that I throw over the water. And we had a question that came into our email from Rachel, actually. And Rachel asks about throwing over water. What is your recommendation? having certain discs that you don't mind losing or just being confident enough to throw the discs that you would throw if there was no water that it's a tough it's a tough thing for me i'm i throw the disc that i'm gonna throw large for in large part but i can i'm pretty consistent and i feel like i can really trust my skills and for me it kind of gives me a little boost to say like hey man you're gonna lose this thing if you don't commit right now so I mostly try to throw the, the disc that's appropriate for that shot shape. I don't think you're doing anything wrong if it's like a sketchy carry for you and you're not sure you can get across uh, th- to pick a different disc that you don't care that much about. And I might even do the same thing if it was like a carry that I didn't know if I could clear. But for the most part, I'm not going to go for that kind of thing. I'm, I'm going to either know or I'm not going to, or I'm going to play a safer route if I don't know I can make it over, if I don't really need the shot at that moment. But yeah, for me, I'm going to go with the the perfect disc in that I think is going to be the right one for that shot and just kind of try to ignore the water and throw it hard and get over there and commit. But uh, but yeah, nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people kind of go with that strategy and have that water one. I will say, any disc you're calling a water disc, there's only one place that disc is going to end up eventually, and it's uh, it's wet down there. Right. It's it's in the water. Have you ever seen the, the golf movie Tin Cup? Yes. Yeah, that's me. I will. I'll stand at the edge of that water and I will throw four discs in there until I get it over. So you got a lot of water discs in the bag. Yeah. Well, you know they're they're not really water discs. Most of them. I'm like, you know what? This is this one. But luckily, we've got an awesome local swimmer here, Neil, and he calls me back. I mean, I've gotten this champion turn back like four times from him. He swims in the same spot, and I always send him a message. But I'll literally stand on the edge of it. I'll throw four discs in, and I can see the despair and heartache in the looks of the faces of the guys that I'm playing with. And they're like, you don't have to do it, man. Just drop from the other side. And I'm like, no, no way. Like I'm, <laughs> I'll take my 11 on this hole, but I'm, if I'm walking over that bridge, it's because my disc is laying on the other side. And that's, that's how this is going down. So uh, I'm lucky that we have a, a good swimmer here, but man, I've lost, I've lost a lot of, a lot of discs this year because of that, that hole. And it's really, <laughs> and really the problem is, is because, for me, it's a layup to the, like, you're supposed, I should be laying up the next shot and then having an easy one, but I don't, I get greedy. And, uh, and I've, man, I've, I've probably thrown 40 discs in there this year. That's a lot. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand why you're hitting that used bin so hard. That makes a lot of sense. 
Right. Yeah. What I don't have any other choice here. Uh, and the cool thing is, is like, I, you know, I reward the guy, the swimmer. I always kick him a couple bucks and I'm like, man, this is, this champion turn is like the gift that keeps on giving. I, you're, I'm going to have to give you a 1099 at some point here because I keep, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, I've rebought this thing like four times, not, you know, not full price, but, uh, sure. Yeah, you know, it's uh that that's how it goes. So as a pro, are you never like, all right, I'm not I'm not throwing this firebird on this hole because I can't I can't risk losing it. That that never comes across your mind? Oh, it definitely comes across my mind. And there are times if it's a, if it's a sketchy enough shot, I'll definitely go to something else or I'll play a safer option like where I'll play really far away from the water. So, not that I'm totally immune to that and I'll take my favorite disc and throw it way out over the water and try to barely make it back in bounds and park a basket that's right on the edge. Uh but but yeah, in general, if I'm just going along and playing well and and trying to be aggressive, I'm just going to kind of I'm not afraid to throw my favorite disc over some water. Um, if I feel confident in the shot. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes I have to throw my favorite disc. And honestly, I will tell you, it's the times that I throw my good discs are the ones that it makes it. Because I'm like, there's just no way I'm throwing this Halo Wraith in this yeah, one. Yeah, for I need, real. I need to finish the rounds with this disc. And... Uh, so and it's it's cool too because I make up all sorts of rules for my friends. Like you know, if they throw theirs in the water, they use their quick stick to pull it out. I'm like, that's a disqualified disc for the rest of this round. You can't. You <laughs> lost that disc. I don't want to see it in the fairway for the rest of this round. And they're like, is that really a rule? I'm like, dude, look it up. And they're like, oh, I'm not. All right. And so you know, now they're all going to hear this show and realize that they could have been using their favorite discs all this time. But you got to have some. There's got to be some benefit, right? You got to want to have a little fun when when you're out there. Um, yeah, but that I just I feel bad for Yuli to to lose those discs. That's uh, that's that's got to be a killer, just because you know it's obviously they're your go tos, and I don't think people realize it as professionals like. You watch the tour a lot. You guys are using the same discs over and over again. People think that you just have these gigantic bags full of brand new discs that you're breaking out before every round. But I mean, you've got discs that you've had in there for years, right? What, what's your oldest disc in your bag right now? Ah, uh, man. I have a Destroyer and a Firebird that are both pretty old. Probably at least like five or six years. So, the, yeah. would I would be sad to lose those. What is the what is the life expectancy on a on a pro touring player's disc? It depends on the disc. I think some some have utility for a really long time, uh, and other ones kind of cycle a little bit quicker. Like putters don't last that long. I feel like you know you don't you don't usually maybe a throwing putter, but your actual putting putters that's probably the most commonly cycled disc for me. But uh, yeah, like a destroyer or something, or a nice firebird that started out nice and overstable, that can that could definitely hang on for years and years because it just turns into this sweet turnover disc that you can use uh, for all those you know big right finishing shots. Mark sends into the Instagram and he asks. <laughs> Man, people are interested in your life. They ask, uh, if Nate was on death row, what would be his final meal? Dang. I, I don't think you'd ever be on death row. Let's put it out there. You're a pretty swell guy. I hope not. Boy, that, w- that would be tough. But I guess I should know, right? I should think about these things. Um, Gotta be prepared. Man. Gosh, I don't even know. That's tough. I had, I, I had this... Uh, the only time that Bree, my wife Bree and I, went on a little, like getaway weekend where Coraline stayed with uh grandparents that happened once right before covid uh i think it was like last winter 
and we went to this fancy restaurant and I got this pasta with uh smoked scallops and I oh. still think I still think about those. So yeah, maybe I'd have to call that restaurant up. But uh, I don't know if they let you get that kind of stuff. But yeah, maybe something like that. I, I've been thinking about going back there just to eat that again. Well, you should you should take the trip. I'll tell you. For me, I would go with uh, the McRib and the Shamrock Shake because here's the deal, Nate. They're very rarely ever available at the same time. So I feel like I'd buy myself a lot of extra time before the execution if I went with that right there. Cause like, you got to catch those bad boys. Like that's like once every four years you can go to McDonald's and get a McRib and a shamrock shake at the same time. So that would (laughs) be, uh, see, I've thought about this a little more than you, obviously. Yeah. I think that in certain countries, just saying that might get you on death row to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's just saying that that would be your final meal. (laughs) And that's sacrilegious. I think in some, some more food conscious countries, dang, that, that, that's not not highbrow, but you know you're a man of the people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, you don't have to make it your final meal, but if you want to have an awesome snack while you're out on the golf course, uh, you guys should be checking out Double G Craft Jerky. Uh, Garrett Gerthy, a friend of the show, one of Nate's teammates with Team Innova, and an awesome grill master whose secret and special recipe has been turned into this incredible beef jerky company. I think he started out kind of just doing this for fun. He told us that he used to cook for all you guys when you were out on the road, and he just loved being able to to grill. Um, I think he told us that his parents were very bland cookers, that he, he didn't like that as a kid. So he's got this awesome beef jerky. Jerky guys, just got to visit DoubleGCraftJerky.com. Uh, it's really just an awesome thing. Garrett's kicking back to the Children's Foundation. He's got a, uh, a new flavor with Paul Macbeth you guys can check out. And uh, today, I uh, watched Garrett in, in this uh, this Paul Macbeth over at Toboggan. He guy's dropping 600, 600 footers. Like, it's no problem. And I got to think it's a little bit because of that jerky. Don't you think, Nate? sure all those years i mean it and it's not it is no problem for that guy that's just that's what he does i'm not surprised it's just amazing how far he can throw uh, i've been smoking salmon lately i've been texting him pictures of my process he's given me a little advice get me out there get my my grill cred you know up to snuff so that's been really fun but yeah garrett's a great guy the jerky's really good and i i'm just so happy that we get to work with them and they're they're part of the the running it family and and supporting the show yeah, absolutely. Every bag that you guys buy, a portion of that goes to Garrett's uh, Children's Foundation. You can read all up on it on DoubleGCraftJerky.com. And while you're there, if you pick out three bags, all you got to do is use our code. Nate, tell them what it is. You got to use that run at 10. Get in there and get your discount and get those jerky bags. Absolutely. I know that... Uh, it's been a it's been a fan favorite in my bag for my kids. They uh, they love the jerky out on out on the disc golf course. So um, make sure you guys check out doublegcraftjerky.com. So Nate, you'd go with the uh, the pasta and the the smoked scallops. So there it is. That would be his death row meal. Again, Nate's not going to end up on death row. Now that's right. You got that smoker from uh, from Bree and Coraline, right? How's that? Uh, have you been Have you been really digging in on that or what? I've done salmon three times. Two two kind of one like. So I mean they were all edible, but but it was kind of like a little fail, then a medium fail, and now I kind of I kind of hit the sweet spot on the third go. So 
I think I'm I think I'm coming into my own at least with salmon, but I gotta I gotta take it to the next level and try some uh, some meat, some red meat perhaps, or I don't even know. I think you can make jerky too. I think I might have to buy a different attachment, a little jerky rack or something. But then I'll really be calling Garrett to try to figure that out. So when you do finally get some meat, what's your what's your meat of choice? It's actually a question that came in. Um, if you, I guess it wasn't your meat of choice. It asked if you were a hamburger or a hot dog guy. We we, <laughs> we truly got that question. Um, I, I so somebody wants to know. Yeah. Um, but when you when you are going to throw some meat in there, what do you what do you think? Are you are you going to be a ribs guy, a steak guy? What's your well? What do you I think? mean, within the smoker, I mean, I got to go either like a pulled pork thing or maybe like a brisket. Eventually, that seems like the way to go. So that, those are probably going to be tried at some point. But I need to have a bunch of people over. It's got to be when family's in town or something, so we, everybody can eat it. Uh, but yeah, in response to that question, I mean, I guess I'm I'm not really that hard, super into either. But I mean, who is who in their right mind is a hot dog guy? It's got to right. Be. If you're if you have the choice of those two, I mean, hot, like I know there are good hot dogs somewhere, but I don't know that I've ever tried one. I mean, I could eat it in a pinch, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever had a hot dog that I would call like, "Wow, this is amazing." Well, we are gonna get a we're gonna get some some noise from that because there's some places that people think that like the hot dog is like a delicacy. Well, tell, tell me, man, tell me what, what's the brand? Let me try them. Send them over. I, I, I haven't tried them. I'm not saying they don't exist. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just like fancier bologna, and I've never been a fan of bologna either. So uh, that's just kind of where I'm where I'm at on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of questions. Uh, I shouldn't say lots of. Got two or three different questions about. Um, in the beginning, we talked a little bit with some of our listeners. We talked to you a little bit about what everybody's watching on TV, and uh, we got a few questions that came in, and one that I liked from. Uh, Nathan actually asked if you picked up any new shows during COVID. Are you watching Netflix or Hulu? What's Nate doing at nighttime when he's not thinking about disc golf? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we recently kind of like my wife is, uh, you know, she she's very busy, uh, but she does like you know we like to unwind with a show or two. And she saw like a little bit a couple years ago of um, one of the Thor movies, and she thought it was really stupid. And we made fun of her for a long time and said, uh, "Come on, like, you, well, you don't like that, you don't." And <laughs> like uh, the Jomez guys were like, you know, Jerry especially the cat jo- uh, Jerry from Jomez was like going to be her spike ball partner, and I think that whole relationship dissolved when she said Thor was stupid. So uh, that that kind of uh, that all went down years ago, and then somehow I got her to watch an Iron Man or something, and she was like, "Oh, that's pretty funny," and she liked it. So we kind of did the whole, whole like like watching the Marvel movies in the order that not the order they came out, but like the order they supposedly happened in the crazy Marvel fictional world. So we were watching a lot of those, and then we recently started watching some of the series on um, Disney Plus, like the the Wanda one and the Loki one and and that kind of thing. So we've been watching some Marvel stuff, but we might be kind of out now. I think we finished them. So we're probably, we're kind of on the hunt for a new show. Um, but man, we watched, we watched plenty of shows. Like I'm sure most people did, uh, you know, during all that lockdown time. 
it's always so sad when it's coming to an end and you realize that you're running out and you don't know what to do. Yeah, uh, for sure. I hate the browsing. I, like last night we had probably like 45 minutes where it's like, what should we watch? I don't know. And it's just like so annoying. You can't, yeah, it's hard to I commit. Go, it's so hard to commit. Like, can you go and be like this and then you watch five minutes and you're like, I don't know. It's, can we bail still or do, are we, like, <laughs> like, are we hard, committed hard, at this point? What part, yeah. how, how far are we? And if you could have seen the look on my 12 year old's face, when he watched like three minutes of Saved by the Bell with me the other day. And he was just like, Dad, no. And I was just like, what do you mean? Like, Zach Morris, check it out. And he's just like, look at what he's wearing. And I was just, I felt so old and horrible, but it was on Hulu. It was like 90s favorites, Saved by the Bell. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm in. Let's, let's make it happen. You know, I haven't brought this up on the show yet, and it hit me like a brick wall. Uh, when we had German Yuli on and we took that fan question about who would play who if uh, if they made a Hollywood movie about you guys. And, of course, Big Germ said uh, Thor, of course, for him is, yeah. is, is who, would, who would play him. And uh, about three weeks ago, it absolutely hammered me like a brick wall. I texted Anna immediately and I said, there is zero chance that it's not Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. That plays Big Germ. Yeah, sure. Maybe it would, he'd have to be a little younger, but you know they can do that with makeup. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, as far as like, and it, it, you know, it was an older. I think it was like old school, maybe that was that I that was on or whatever sure, it was, and sure. it just like hit me, and I was just like, man, this really tall, kind of funny, dry humor. Like that's yeah, he's yeah. that. That's who's playing Big Germ in the movie. Yeah, sure. He's got a little bit of that in him, absolutely. Oh God, it'd be so. It'd be so perfect. So um, a lot of questions, and I think we've, we've probably asked something similar to this with guests before, but I had a question come in from Alexander. says that he's 14 years old, and he has a terrible time shaking off bad shots when playing in tournaments. When playing with friends, it's a lot more fun. How can he make playing in tournaments like when he's out playing with his friends? It might not be possible, but you can try. I think tournaments come with pressure. Tournaments are fun when you think about them the day after. But sometimes they're not fun while you're doing them. You know what I mean? Like, So with expectations comes pressure. When you want to be competitive, you, you're going to go in there and, and do your best. We've had a lot of kids kind of come in and with similar questions to the show, talking about uh, managing tempers, and, and I've dealt with those same things, you know, coming up and, and still deal with them today where you're having a bad day. It's hard to control nerves, control emotions, and, and stay connected to trying to play well. I don't think it'll ever be the same, like, laugh in good time that it is when you're playing casual with your friends and you don't even remember if you missed a 30-footer because it doesn't matter. You can just re-putt and do it again. But I think if you enjoy the competition, uh, you can just kind of try to separate your your thoughts from your score at every given moment and try to just execute and get out there and, and play well and throw shots that make you proud of what you're trying to do. And uh, and then at the end of the day, you ought to have a decent score. But it's there's no real shortcut there. I think tournaments are tough. Like you starting out, it's a little bit of a shock, and and you just got to keep doing it. If you're having any kind of fun at all, keep going. If you're not, then you don't need to do tournaments. You can just play with your buddies, and that's a, that's also acceptable. Is 
is going out and playing in the tournaments, is it important for getting better? I mean, is it, what would be your recommendation for people that are starting out? It's another one that came in a lot, like, hey, I'm just starting out. Should I sign up for tournaments or do I get better first? Or what would be your recommendation? Um, it's going to be case by case. It's like, if that sounds fun to you, absolutely. There's no time that's too early to try a tournament in the lowest division offered. It's totally fine. Uh, getting better can be done a lot of ways, but getting better at tournaments can only be done one way. And that's by playing tournaments, because like I said, they come with a different kind of nerves and a different kind of pressure. And it just isn't the same as being out there and playing casually. So if you want to get good at tournaments, yes, you need to play tournaments. If you want to just get good at playing disc golf, you don't really need tournaments at all. You can just play disc golf and enjoy that. But if competition calls to you, get out there and do it. Uh, start with those local leagues and little things and just play in the lowest division and work your way up, and I think you'll have a great time. Not that I want to brag, but I've played in two sanctioned events this year. I've made money both times, so I've also got a streak going on my own. I took a, a strong second-place finish in uh, the recreational division out at my local uh, league Two Sundays ago, I cherry-picked it on purpose. It was pouring, so I knew that the competition would be thin, and I went out there and took advantage of it, Nate. And I think oh. that's important, too. cost yeah, me 12 well, to get in. I won 16 4 bucks in the leather. Boom, the streak continues. Let's, I mean, let's talk about the meaning of money. Like, are you making you're, – you're playing recreational. You can't be making actual money. You're, you're getting some discs. Oh, no. Listen to me, man. I made 4 bucks. Clear profit. It cost yeah, me twelve. All right, all right. All right. They, they paid. They paid out. They paid out sixteen. Perfect. So, um, and there was a shoot off. There, there was a, a closest to the pin for a disc that they were giving away. I didn't win it. Sure. Um, but you know, it was. I went out there, and I. But I'm. I say that because. Uh, I said, you know what, I'm just going to start signing up and going out and playing in some of these leagues and playing in some of these tournaments, and what's going to happen? You know, it's. I look at the scorecards, and I see, you know, for the tournament that I didn't sign up for, I'm like, man, there's guys that shot plus 26 today. Um, uh, you know, so I, I got out there and started playing in some, and it's. Uh, I can say that it does make me, I think it makes me play a little more serious. Maybe when yeah. I'm out with my friends, you know, I'm goofing around a little bit. I'm like, you know what, I... I'm going to throw the Simon line. I'm going to take this destroyer and I'm going to throw it a thousand feet in the air over that tree. And then it just doesn't work. But like, I'm just trying to show off in front of my buddies. And, but when I'm out there playing in, in the tournament and in the league, like I'm, you know, I'm trying to play disc golf. Yeah, totally. That's fun. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's a, it's a big difference maker. Yeah, uh, can't, it can't really go any worse than, you know, really the floor is like going on an internationally known podcast and calling it a shoot off. That's about as bad as it's going to go. Right. Well, what do you, th that's what they said. They said, hey, we're going to go have a shoot-off. I, I didn't maybe know what was a, going on Maybe that's here. a Buffalo thing. Never heard, I, I never heard it called that. Yeah, I don't know. And then a bunch of people, and most of them were in bare feet because everyone's shoes were soaked because they didn't have the waterproof shoes. All they had to do was <laughs> hop in on that, uh, on that Kickstarter, and we can yeah. get Nate Sexton waterproof shoe out there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it, it was, it was fun. It was fun getting in there and, and playing in some tournaments. So uh, for those questions that come in, obviously Nate's a professional. He plays in big tournaments all the time. But uh, for somebody who's just starting out to get good competitively or to get competitive to get better, um, I, I would say that it's a lot of fun to get out there and, and yeah. do it. Yeah, and I used to play tiny tournaments. So that's that's how most everybody gets started. You won all those tiny tournaments. No, though. not all. Almost all, but not all. <laughs> 
<laughs> Almost all of them. Uh, so, Nate, what do you? Uh, what, what's coming up on the schedule here for you? I'm leaving next week to go to Kale LaVisca's courses at the Preserve in Minnesota. I'm so excited to see what he has up there. I've seen video, obviously. I've texted with him about how excited I am for him that he opened those two courses and he's got the restaurant there and everything. It's You know, we had him on the show. I talked to him about how jealous I was of his situation. So really excited to see that, pick his brain a little bit more, see what his design looks like and play. And then from there, I'm heading down to Illinois for the Ledgestone Insurance Open, one of the biggest tour stops of the year. So back-to-back big tournaments, really excited. Uh, Coming up next week, starting. Yeah, can't wait to see you get back out there. And, uh, of course, our friends over at Fisher Disc Golf are also one of the sponsors at Ledgestone, too. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I might get to meet, meet Levi and the guys, hopefully. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be really cool. So, hope you do get a chance to to do that as well, and uh, look forward to to you getting back out there. You haven't really played competitively since taking down uh, that that podium spot at Worlds, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've just been uh, playing local courses and and yeah, doing the the home thing. It's been a nice little couple weeks off and yeah back back to the grind now and back to the jomez and seeing everybody i'm i'm looking forward to it it's been about the perfect amount of time off to get right back into it yeah and uh if you saw our buddy actually you mentioned him early casey smith he got to play in that celebrity pro-am that was hosted out at at funky farms that's kind of cool to see for the sport right and see how many uh celebrities get out there actually uh one of the one of the stars of the show lucifer which is uh one of my netflix guilty pleasures uh, was out there playing he was teamed up with uh with kevin jones i believe that was uh that was pretty cool to see all of those big names out there slinging discs yeah it's great i I feel like it can only grow too so that's going to be an exciting event to watch and see see if the dgpt can continue to support that and and uh it'll be cool to cool to see that grow and see who else comes out of the woodwork and and is a disc golfer yeah it's uh it's pretty neat i can't wait to see more celebrities coming forward and uh, coming out and, and letting everybody know they like throwing discs. People, I got a text message from a buddy the other day. He said, hey, you want to play golf next week? And I sent back with clubs. And <laughs> he, he said, yeah. And I said, no, no way. No way. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy talk for me. So, well, Nate, I, uh, I think we, got, we busted through a good chunk of questions here. Um, we had some fun ones. Like I said, uh, it's, I can't believe somebody actually asked if you were a hot dog or a hamburger guy. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, people, people care enough to, to, to ask that question. So, um, it's cool to be back and get through some of these questions. We're going to be back, uh, next week. We're going to start getting some guests back on here, guys, as everybody's coming off of their little, uh, their little cool off period. Uh, disc golf is getting back. It's time to get cranking. Nate, you're on that, uh, that quest. It's USDG season sites. Now world is behind you. And at, you know, people are looking at the, the USDGC now, right? Yeah. I'm, and I'm looking for those DGPT points as well. I have four, uh, big events left, DGPT qualifiers, and I'm trying to move up that point standing, get myself a win, uh, get where I can get those buys in the in the finals, so maybe get get to play that as well. So that would be great if I could combo the USDGC and the DGPT championship there in Charlotte. That would be the dream for me for this season. Yeah, and uh, you know, watching you play out there at Worlds, yeah, looks like uh, you know people people might have forgotten, but Nate Sexton is. Uh, 
Nate Sexton's still out there throwing some discs. He's not just that funny guy on commentary. He, no, he gets out there and plays. To, nobody that listens to this show forgot. I can trust the I can trust the running it family. Those guys, they, they're in my corner. Yeah, they are. They're absolutely in your corner. We get the messages all the time. So, guys, we can't thank you enough for all the likes and shares. Uh, shoot your questions in. I'll, I'll get them in as, as much as I can. Uh, watch our social media at Running It with Nate Sexton, and we'll have some announcements about some upcoming guests and let you guys get some questions in. Um, I know that we asked for questions for Katrina. I've got them all, guys. Uh, we're getting something set up with her. So when we have her on, I've got all your questions. Don't worry about it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get them in there and. Have have a great show with her. Uh, so, Nate, I uh, I guess you've got a few days left of uh, browsing, and uh, and then you're back on the road. Uh, what do you what do you do when you're on the road? Are you like a, a a laptop guy? Are you watching shows on your laptop? Are you an iPad guy? Are you do you need a TV on when you sleep? Are you a lights out completely in the dark? <laughs> I don't watch any shows on the road. Uh, I watch. I basically watch shows with my wife, but I don't really watch anything by myself. We, it's been all about the board games lately with Germ and Yuli. Uh, we play the round, we get back, we eat dinner, we talk about birdies and big drives and miss putts and all that. Uh, then we play some board games, and then it's time to show up for Joma's work uh, like 10 at night and knock out the commentary for that day, and then it's straight to bed because it's midnight already. So uh, that's been kind of the, the workflow lately. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't really have any time or desire to watch anything uh, when I'm out on the road because I'm just busy with uh, playing, eating, sleeping, and Joe Mezzing, and maybe a board game or two. What what board games are you guys getting into? The one that, the hot one lately is called Wingspan. It's pretty sweet. It's about birds. Uh, the guy that designed it and is the, the owner of the company is a disc golfer, which we didn't know when we started playing it, but since I've made contact with him, I sent him, his name's Jamie, he's uh, in the St. Louis area, I think. Sent him some discs. He sent me some sweet games. I'm still kind of waiting to get the right crew of people together to try some of these heavy-hitting games. But, uh, yeah, it's been about the wingspan lately. All right. So there you go. That's, uh, that's the life of the, of the disc golfer. That's what they're, they're playing. They're playing board games in the, in the Airbnb. And, uh, I like it. That's, uh, I like that. So, well, Nate, good luck to you, uh, out there. And, uh, we'll do our best to keep getting these guests lined up. Uh, I know it's been tough. Everybody's, everybody's getting down to the nitty gritty. Like you said, everybody's counting points and, and getting yeah. ready for the, for the big one. But, um, you guys keep liking and sharing and downloading and, uh, and we're going to keep putting out some fun shows for you. So uh, make sure you check out our sponsors. And uh, we thank you guys once again. Uh, I'm Jared Orr. He's Nate Sexton. Nate, you got some big tournaments coming up. You're heading out to the preserve. Kale Veska, okay? The, the coolest guy in disc golf. There's no way you're going to be laying up. I would have to play so well to get to lay up at the end. I think it's gonna have to, it's gonna have to be guns blazing. I'm gonna be needing needing to run it from the jump. I think to get in there with a chance to win. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week.